This Dharma talk was given on a silent meditation retreat at Gaia House in Devon, UK. You can find us on the web at www.gaiahouse.co.uk. These teachings are offered freely for the benefit of all. If you would like to support Gaia House by making a donation towards the administrative costs of making these talks available, please go to the Gaia House website. To donate to Dharma Seed for hosting these talks online or to donate to an individual teacher, please go to the Dharma Seed website. Your generosity supports the teachers and organizations to continue to make these Dharma offerings freely available. Thank you. So today, I want to continue from the talking about tonality and to look at here more about how do we do this technically. Like, in terms of daily life, mindfulness of tonality is very interesting because there are so many things to explore from when we see something, hear something, taste something, smell something, I have sensation in the body, I have thought. So, in a way, there is a whole area, different area we can explore. And generally, often in daily life, the, you will have more differences. I mean, at one level, the tonality could be more obvious. You see something and you really like it, wow! And immediately, that it be a color, or a shape, or whatever, wow! And the same if you don't like something, oh, I don't like this. So immediately there is kind of like, it's very fast and often it's a little more obvious because often it's a little stronger and there is, in a way, many different conditions. So we can see it in many different ways. On a retreat, a lot of the time it's going to be more subtle. And so, in a way, on a retreat, we can do it, I would say, in two main ways. One way is when we sit in meditation. And so, when we sit in meditation, because really, generally, not so much is going on, then you're going to do it, actually, with three anchors. So, either you do it with the breath, and so you're just aware of the breath, like you generally, the fresh air coming in, the warmer air coming out. And then you just add a little bit of going inside the experience. How does it feel the contact of the fresh air? How does it feel the contact of the warm air? And a lot of the time, with the breath, it will be fairly neutral. So in a way, if we bring that mindfulness of tonality with the breath, generally, 
most of what we'll experience is being with neutral. Then the other place we can bring it is sensation. So we can bring it in sensation in the body. And again, here you have two areas. You have the area of the contact, just sensation of contact. So you just have the feet or the leg on the floor, or on the cushion. You have the hands on each other or on the thighs. You have the buttocks on the cushion. You have the clothes on the skin. You have the air on the cheek sometime. And then again, you can just go there at one of those places, the feet, the buttocks, the hand, the clothes, for example, the clothes on the shoulder, for example, and just stay there. So just being aware of that sensation of contact and then trying to go inside the sensation a little bit, kind of what's the tonality of that contact. And a lot of the time, again, there it will be fairly neutral. So it's really being in touch, being in tune with neutral. Otherwise, we can go, actually, we can, what can be interesting is to do body scanning. If you used to body scanning, so you slowly, slowly go through the body, being aware of different parts of the body. And then you can see a lot of the body actually is fairly neutral. Not much is going on. And so looking for tonality doesn't mean something has to go on. I think it's very important. You look through the body, a lot of the time nothing is going on, and then certain area, hmm, a little pleasant, the sensation, or the sensation a little unpleasant. So kind of just observing that. And then what can be interesting in terms of the sensation, like if you have a specific sensation, it's to notice so the sensation arise, contact, tonality, and then the sensation goes. And if the sensation goes, does the tonality goes with it? Or does the tonality as like an echo? That can be very interesting to look at. Or you can have a sensation and within itself, so that the sensation continues a little bit. So it don't, doesn't just come and go, but it stays a little while. And then we can be aware of the contact, the first impression of the sensation, and there is a certain tonality. But then the sensation continues. And then it's interesting to look at if the sensation continues, does the tonality remain the same? Does it increase? Does it decrease? Does it become neutral? So again, just exploring. With tonality, we really have the opportunity to also explore changing nature. Then, something I would like to mention and suggest today is listening meditation and I'll talk more about it shortly. So listening meditation is the same. You just listen, and so again, you have a sound which arises. Generally, there is a little, I mean, I presume, like uh, you sit here and suddenly you hear the little tweet, 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 tweet. And I would say most people 
find it pleasant, I would say. And then the, the bird song goes, does the tonality remain a little bit as an echo, or does it go with the contact? Or you can have a sound which continues for a little while. And then what we can notice is to think that the sound itself can change within itself, even if it's continuous. But also it's interesting to the first impact, the sound, we hear it, we notice it, we're aware of it, there is contact, there is tonality, and if the sound continues, does the tonality remain the same or not? So at that level, that can be very interesting. What very much we have to be careful about is that this is not actually what I would call a noting technique. Uh, you have certain school of meditation which will ask you to note. Note your thought, note your sensation, thing of that nature. And so basically you say thinking, planning, sensing, or whatever it is. But this, the way I would recommend to do the mindfulness of tonality is not actually to do noting as such, unless you used to do it that way. Personally, I would use the mindfulness of the feeling tone to go more inside the experience. So the idea is not there is a sound, we're watching the breath, there is a sensation, and then us, is it you know, pleasant, three and a half, or is it unpleasant, minus two and three quarter? This is really not the idea. This is really not the idea. No pleasant, unpleasant. Was it pleasant or unpleasant? Mm, I don't really know, kind of, you know. And so it's really not to kind of um, think or comment on it. But it's more, there is this very kind of like a part of our experience, which is about having that immediate tonality upon seeing, hearing, tasting, etc. Can I become more aware of it as it happens in the experience. So I would suggest it's less about categorizing, oh, this is pleasant, this is that, that I think over time it becomes relatively obvious. But it's more, can I have a little inkling, a little awareness, experience of that? Contact and tonality at the same time. So in a way, using the tonality to go more in the experience and not, as was already suggested, not to go so much in the commenting of it. Then if you find this idea of tonality a little strange and what am I looking at, you can just drop it and just do what helps you. And inform myself, for a long time, uh, when I started to do more this mindfulness practice, and I kind of heard about these Vedanas and this feeling, tone, sensation, and I was sitting there looking, 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 and I could not find anything until I realized I was actually experiencing neutral. That's what personally I think neutral exists, because it kind of seems to me most, not all the time, of course, but a lot of the time, our experience, it's fairly neutral. And it's just, okay, I'm just here, existing. Nothing is happening, but I can be with that. 
So anyway, that was a little bit my discovery of the Vedana was in terms of experiencing that. But also, in the kind of the text on the 108 Vedana, what is uh, interesting in that text is that the Buddha says there can be more experience of ordinary Vedana and there can be experience of Vedana which will become infused by insight. And so the Vedana are going to be experienced in a very different way. So for example, when he talks of the neutral, of the neither, he said you can have ordinary neither. And it's, I don't care, I don't mind, does not affect me. So in a way, it's kind of a little bit like indifference. But he said there is another experience of tonality of neither, which actually comes from inside, from really understanding impermanence, really understanding change, really understanding not-self. And then your experience of that neutral will be very different. Because the first one will possibly lead to this is boring, nothing is happening, etc. The other one will be, ah, I exist in the world in this moment. Although not much is happening, I am still connected, I'm still alive with others. And it's the same with the pleasant. In a way, we can have what they call an ordinary pleasant tonality. And very likely, if it's ordinary, then there will be the underlying tendency activated. I want more of this, I don't want this, and there will be unavoidably a little grasping within it, a little identifying within it. But you can have a pleasant or unpleasant tonality, which is experienced from inside. And so you will know, oh, this is pleasant now. But it will change, like all things. And in a way, you can appreciate even more, because it's going to change. Like when we look at flowers, soon it's going to be spring, and we'll have lots of flowers. And when they're in full bloom, it's so beautiful. But one level you know, that's not going to last. All the cherry blossom, and then one windy day, and poof, all gone. But you can appreciate it because it is ephemeral, because it is changing. And it's the same with unpleasant. It's unpleasant, but it can change. I have a friend who has very uh, intense experience, but what the meditation really helped her is to really know experience when she does not have this intense experience, which means now when she has them, she knows at some point they're going to pass. And also she knows she can creatively engage with them. She can help herself a little bit with them. So in a way, there is less this feeling, I am stuck. This is never going to change. And within that, I feel that 
if we can, if we're interested, we can also look at the tonality of awareness itself. Like when we experience what we call this caring, friendly, mindfulness, awareness, that too adds a tonality. And a tonality which comes from experiencing. One could say a non-grasping state, a non-identifying state, when we are in this warm, friendly mindfulness. And personally, I think that's why partly mindfulness has really kind of, in a way, one could say, taken off because of that quality. And so sometimes when we sit in meditation and there is this warm, friendly awareness, mindfulness, attention, we can also go deeply into it and experience that it too has a tonality, which often can be quite healing, actually. Then I wanted to talk more specifically about listening meditation. So in a way, we have uh, suggested the breath. And the breath, in a way, is a little personal. And what is interested, interesting with the breath is that it's semi-automatic. So often, when we do the breath, at the beginning, especially, it's a little tricky. Because normally, I don't think about my breath. And then I try to be aware of my breath. And then I feel I'm doing the breath. It's kind of like, and then everybody tells me, don't do the breath. And you're like, but this is a thing about attention. We have to see that as soon as we pay attention to something in a specific way, it will be more there. And then with the breath, after that, it's kind of learning that, yes, we pay attention to the breath, but without having that, I am doing it. And then over time, generally, that goes. And then we can really rest our attention on it. With the sensation, again, with the sensation, uh, it's us. It's our sensation. It's not somebody else's sensation. So it's still quite personal sensation. And so we kind of we observe sensation, and it's not, it can be surprising, but also it can be, oh, yeah, I know this. With the sound, what is wonderful about the sound is that most of them are external. So it's really like it's not personal at all. So we sit here and there might just be silence or somebody might be moving, coughing, a bird, the wind, a car, whatever it might be. And so here we, it's a very different type of anchor. It's not personal. We cannot act on it in any way. And also, it's kind of wide open. So in a way, kind of when we do listening meditation, we just, in a way, wait for the sound to happen. And so there is being with what is unpredictable, being with what is impersonal. And that can be a very interesting way to anchor. So that it's kind of a different type of anchoring. And then we can do this practice in two different ways. 
One way is actually to do it with this wide open awareness and we just in a way are aware of the space in which the sound happens. So it's very wide open. Or we can have like a more precise attention but without in we going out, but more like to notice our, our attention first and also according to our acuity. I mean, some people hear better than others. And so you sit there and then, ah, it's like a sound is more obvious. So generally, your attention goes to that sound which is more obvious, and then it goes. And then up, there might be another sound which you hear more and then you notice it, and then it goes, and then the next one. So here is just more precise in terms of that your attention goes more to often a specific sound or a specific type of sound. So some people might prefer something wide open, and some people might prefer something which is a little more precise. But we are not, the idea about listening meditation is not that it's not like bird watching, kind of like ticking all, you know, I don't know if you, uh, after going to South Africa many years ago for a while, we are like in bird ticking, you know, how many birds we saw, you know, 75, oh, there's still 80 to go. So kind of becomes like hunting for uh, feeding the list. So we're not doing that with sound, like, you know, how many sound I can hear in any one sitting. That's not the idea. We're not into listing the sound. We're just into hearing the sound. And then the next thing is also we try to hear the sound for themselves. That's a little more tricky. So in a way, can we hear a sound? And when we hear a sound, of course, immediately there'll be perception because generally we are kind of a meaning-making ma machine, and one of our function is to recognize, so we can make sense. So I sit here and I hear a bird, or I hear the wind, and in a way I perceive bird and wind, but we don't have to say it. You know, we're not there, bird, wind, cough, no, this is again not a noting technique, but just, can we listen to the bird for itself and not do anything with it? Because often we hear a sound, oh, that reminds me of this, and yes, and I think about this, or I like it. Or here is just, can we hear it for itself? That it be a bird, a cough, whatever it is, can we just hear it for itself? And then it goes, and then the next sound. And then, of course, we can add a little just a little bit of this mindfulness on tonality, if that suits us. So we hear a sound. Is there a li little like a tonality, a little tonality? But more to be more aware in the experience, not to cogitate around it. So it's kind of very light. This mindfulness of the feeling tone is not kind of trying to grab something because often it goes very fast. But just to try to be aware of that quality of our experience. 
And the last thing is about listening meditation. Uh, personally, I think if you can do it, so as long as you don't have tinnitus, which if you have tinnitus or ringing in the ears, I would not recommend it to do it in the room here. But of course, if you do it walking outside, that I think can be very helpful. And then I would say do more of the breath or the sensation or another practice that suits you. But personally, I think that when we do this meditative listening, just sitting here, just waiting for the sound to happen, just in a way, what I would call a patient, creative listening, then actually we're training meditative listening in daily life. And that, I think, is something which can be so useful as a practice, is how do we listen? I mean, tomorrow we'll also look at how do we talk, but how do we listen? And I would generally say we listen in three ways. One way, we listen, but we wait for the person to stop so I can say something so much more interesting. So actually we do three things. We listen one third, we wait for them to stop one third, and we try to remember the so interesting thing one third. I would not call that really listening. Next one, and next one is fascinating. You look in the right direction, the person speaks to you, and you think of totally something else, your shopping list, your whatever it is. And then at the end they say, what do you think? And you have no idea what they said. I mean, you were conscious, your ear I operative, but there was no, this is interesting, the difference between conscious and alive and being purposefully aware. And then the third way we listen is actually we grasp. <gasps> no, really, and then we amplify, and then often it doesn't help. And to me, this is really a great practice in daily life, just to listen, and really totally listen to the person. And then what happens when we do this is that when they stop, we say things which are so much more relevant so much more creative and responsive in that moment. And we surprise ourselves. Well, I did not know I could say this and be so appropriate or so relevant. So I think this is a, a great practice, this meditative listening. And I think doing the listening to the sound on a retreat actually is a great preparation for that. So that's what if it's you too, I would suggest today to the theme listening, and if we can, bring in a little of this mindfulness of feeling too. So now we can maybe stand up and stretch a little. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.